0: Gaming and BS, episode 261, being recording recorded Monday, September 23rd, 2019. Welcome to Gaming and BS, a tabletop RPG podcast. I'm one of your
1: hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. I'm the other guy. Glad you're all here you all had a good time since we chatted at you last. Sean, how the hell are you? Doing fantastic. How are you, Brett? Pretty good. Getting get gaming in since we last chatted? So I... Tell me you've got some Jeff outtakes.
0: Woke up Saturday morning.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: I made my way down to my basement.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, was like kinda, I like where this is going.
0: I was kind of hanging out, doing my thing. And... Phone rang. But it's my Google Voice number. I'm like, yeah, Google Voice number.
1: Yeah, who calls me on that?
0: I'll check it in a second. Goes on a little bit longer. Check my text messages. Actually, I didn't even check my text messages. My wife wakes up relatively early for her. Yeah. like 11 o'clock.
1: All right, on Saturday.
0: Yeah, she goes, Hey. Vicky called me. Why is she calling me? Who's Vicky? Vicky's Jeff's spouse.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. I forgot.
0: Thank you. And then I said, I better look at my phone. And there's a text message. She's like, "Hey, where are you, bro? Is everything okay?
1: You were supposed to run a game on Saturday." <laughs> <laughs> you slept through your own game. I didn't even sleep. I was awake,
0: like hanging out in my basement. Doing whatever the hell I felt like it.
1: <laughs> oh, and we blame the players. And wow. we blame the players. Was I?
0: I was like, oh my god! I cannot believe I just. Wow. I don't even know what to say. That's
1: uh, that's something. That's something right there, Sean. I yeah, I felt
0: like a complete schmuck, and then I had to tell my wife like, hey, you know what I, I need? You know I, I have need to, to be go right over now? to Jeff's. Because I have like five people waiting for me
1: to run a game, and yeah, I'm kind of a dick right I now. I thought it was I'm next weekend. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, I have a game this coming Saturday, actually Friday and Saturday up on my home group. This last weekend, AJ ran the next part of his Crypts and Creatures campaign for my daughter Ilana, and I got pretty far into it, which was fun. Yeah, this spot. He was super excited for us to meet this wizard. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Tell Grac or whatever. I can't remember the guy. It starts with a T. Anyway, we're going to meet this wizard. We go through this process, and the guards are being kind of annoying. We're we're being arrogant adventurers. You know why we're here, blah, blah, blah. And we hear the booming voice and the stomping on the stairs. We're like, ah, fine. He's just, it's a goddamn dragon. <laughs> Elon and I looked at each other, and we're like, it's an AJ. It's a dragon. He goes, Yeah. It's the greatest sorcerer in the entire world. Oh. Okay then. Well uh we'll start behaving. (laughs) Because we were we were a little Elon and I, daddy daughter time was a little bit off the rails. We're giving kind of chewing on AJ a little bit, getting some shit. Boy, he put the smack down on us right fucking now. Huge ancient silver dragon glaring at us because we are rude and in his house. That uh that gets your attention, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) right there. Yeah. Whew. He did well. <laughs> he controlled us quite nicely after that. Well, that's good. Yeah, it was good. It was a damn good game. <sighs> so, did the players lynch you when you showed up? Is that what that scar on your neck is? Or did they just let you on fire or what happened?
0: No, everything was fine after that. Um, they, the, I told, heckled you soundly. I told Andy, I said, well, th- we didn't lose any gaming. Because usually when I show up at 10,
1: there's an hour, hour and a half of bullshit, well, We
0: shoot the shit for two hours and then nothing, you know, we don't start the actual game for about two hours. So when I got there, it was pretty easy to get started.
1: Yeah, my buddy Lenny's like, Hey, I can't make it to the game on Saturday till like four or five. I'm like, That's fine. Even if I showed up at two, we're not going to get started till four or five. You'll be right in the sweet spot, buddy.
0: Yeah, I got a, I did record Jeff for about five hours worth.
1: Now it. I, and he's got some prime. You, my friend have audio gold. That's what you've got. I do. Now
0: I just have to filter out the bits.
1: <laughs> well, other than game hole con coming up like in a month. Holy crap.
0: Well, Hey, speaking of game hole con, what about game con? It's, it's going to be a fun time. October
1: 31st. That's right. My kids will be there. They're going to have a good time. We, How- we have, we are on <laughs> the trick or treat line. You remember that, right? We, I know. My wife is going out and buying candy. I think she actually got some special trick-or-treat stuff for adults. I'm not sure if she did or not. Similar to the uh, first one we had. Right. S- small little samplers. We'll, we'll see. We'll see if that works out. But anyway. I,
0: I've spoken to uh, neighbors of Mr. Cammer.
1: Oh, yeah. Actual
0: physical neighbors. Yes. They usually get like $200 worth of candy. Holy shit. But that's in a neighborhood that gets pretty, uh, a lot of foot traffic.
1: Yeah, they get hammered pretty good. We don't, where I live, that doesn't happen.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess you just buy as much candy and once it's gone, it's gone, you know, and then they can egg our booth.
1: Yeah, which is, that's what half our listeners do. Um, right. Getting, getting, getting.
0: So, um, but it being Halloween, um, I have, Brought up the costume thing to Brett. Oh yeah, what are you going as? I'm
1: gonna go as the dude. That sounds awesome. You'll enjoy that. And I thought Brett should go as Walter. And 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 what did Brett respond? Brett and I, I don't really.
0: Uh, here, mine. let me let me let me sound no. just like Brett. Uh-huh. Let me go sound just it, like Brett. It.
1: Let me. Oh, actually,
0: here I've got my phone right in front of me. Let me just see what the text message from Brett actually
1: says. I think it says something polite.
0: Um. Do to do. Hold on. Let me, um, let me just, let me find that info quick.
1: Here we go. Here we go. Not sure. Costume party slash Halloween dress up. Aren't my thing. I'm
0: going to go as the dude for Halloween. You should totally be Walter. And I sent him the DVD cover of the big Lebowski. Mm -hmm. He says, I'm not that fat. And I'm like, you could totally pull that off shooting glasses. Brett says, maybe I'm not big. Here, I'll do it in the Brad voice. And that big on dressing up.
1: Yeah, I sound like Cartman. That's what I sound like.
0: I, I, everybody that I imitate sounds like Cartman. That's, okay. That's, that's, that's my the only hearing. voice you got. That got yeah. it. All right. Yeah.
1: And I said, vest, easy, trim beard. Brett responds with, not sure. Custom party slash Halloween dress up aren't my thing.
0: Yeah. And I, now in Sean's head, it sounded
1: like this. <sighs>
0: I'm not sure. Costume parties <laughs> slash Halloween dress up aren't my thing.
1: Yeah. So I don't like doing that stuff. And uh, he, he threatened to get to call so, Susan. He's like, <laughs> I'll, just call, I'll just text Susan. I'm like, good luck with that. Good luck. I said,
0: it would be hilarious. I go, it would be hilarious. Yeah. It's not like you're going on, out as a creature, right? Yeah. We'll see. Don't know. I'll think about it. Uh, okay. That's, that's Brett. My, what I heard and read in my head was not uh, I think about it. <laughs> so then I said, it's shorts and a vest boots. I'll let Susan know. <laughs> and then he tried to rain on my parade and say, she's not going to push on me. If that's what you're going after, if that's what you're after. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. And I said, you leave me no choice. I'm gonna hit up the bsers.
1: Oh, you're gonna you're gonna peer pressure me with listener
0: power. So I posted it on the forums. I posted it on Twitter. Crap. And some now, I believe Mister Laramie said we could do better. And I told him I think he's giving us too much credit.
1: What? What did he want?
0: He just said I think you can do better. It's better than. Eric Farmer was probably the best comment on Twitter, which was something to the effect of it's not even dressing up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. I mean, Brett is literally like one, like millionth of a fraction of DNA away from being
1: Walter. What? What? Yes. All right. Uh, uh, I don't threaten to shoot people at bowling alleys. I'll tell you that. Oh, only on podcasts and at game tables. Totally different. Well, yeah, because those are... We'll talk about this off of my Brett could
0: easily... <laughs> all he's got to do is trim the beard just a little bit. He can, yeah. doesn't have to remove it. Doesn't have to remove it because Walter has a beard. I he gets know. his hair... Every time Brett gets a newly his hair newly cut, it gets a little flatter on top. All right, we'll see. It's really sl- short on the sides.
1: Yeah, I was gonna grow my hair out. Now I can't. Now you're trying he's to tell probably me got. Do
0: you do have a shooting vest, don't you? Don't lie to me. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere, yeah. <laughs> See, the only thing he doesn't have that I can't confirm is probably like khaki cargo shorts. Yes, I do. Look at that. See, and he's probably got Tim's. Probably got Tim Timberlands. Uh, some yeah, kind got of boots.
1: boots. I've got boots. Yeah.
0: The, and then he needs, you have probably yellow freaking teardrop shooting glasses.
1: I do not have those because I don't like those.
0: I w- I'll tell you what, I will buy those for you.
1: Yeah. All right. We'll talk about this later. Let's move on. <laughs> totally Sorry,
0: Walter, man. I'm uh, telling you. He's got a foot on me. Right, random, account, e- right? e- random, e- random encounter.
1: Random encounter. Random encounter. Random encounter. It's getting weird. <laughs> getting weird
0: this guy, it's halloween it's not nah. i'm not i'm not asking you to go to work for a costume contest or something probably All would right. go
1: like that at work and shut people up
0: true uh, random encounter this is where we read stuff uh about uh from
1: listeners <laughs> there you go laramie wall on rpg character sheets to the greatest purveyors of bs i <coughs> good lord eh, whiskey down the wrong pipe i don't know that this one even needs to be read on the cast too late laramie as it's mostly visual, attached to my personal favorite character sheet from my current rule set, Hackmaster 5e. Well, the apparent antithesis of your ideal character sheet, as it is not simple, I found it valuable and efficient. There can be a vast number of modifiers, to attack bonuses, defense bonuses, etc. The bottom row for these three areas allotted for different weapons are a nice worksheet to sum up the tally. All combat information is on the front of the sheet. The back is gear, wealth, social information, skills, talents, flaws, etc. While not simple, I feel like it's a lot into the real estate allotted with only one front and back page. It's also rare. It's also a rarity in that there doesn't seem to be many landscape orientated sheets out there. Um, Dungeon Crawl Classics does. Anyway, um, but I can't imagine this from working in a standard vertical format. I did not build this character sheet. It was by Thomas Ieles on the Kensico forum. What can I say? I like forums. Keep up the high quality BS. We do have a um, we do have a copy of that in our show notes. It's a pretty good looking. Sh- I mean, from a- Hackmaster is a complicated system, so I think it makes sense um, to have this type of thing. It's kind of like a good, if a really good Pathfinder character sheet, and so on, because there's so much in it the more it can be a mechanical assistance to you, I think the better off you are. I think this is probably a damn good sheet for Hackmaster. I don't know. I've never played it, but I get that. I totally get that being a good one.
0: That's right. And that sheet's like five pages. Like the spells goes on for like two pages. Yeah. Three, two or three pages. Um, Scott, on, on that um, discussion, Scott Murray on Facebook said, I hope... Eoris is mentioned. Google bit and prepare to cry. What is that? E O R I S. We'll have a link in the show notes so that you do not have to look. You don't. Oh, that Google that it. character sheet. Have you seen Holy. it before, brad Have you seen that before?
1: No, I'm looking at it now. <laughs> it is pretty damn ridiculous. Wow.
0: There's a blog entry that features it for the person that said something about that game that it's for. Mm-hmm. I, and I've never, I don't think I've ever heard of it.
1: I've not heard of it either. Wow, that's pretty pretty intimidating. Yeah. You know, another one that's actually fairly intimidating is Nephilim, if I remember my Nephilim character sheet. But interesting, interesting, interesting. All right, carry on. Next one's to you, sir. All right, let me scroll back up. All
0: right. Uh, Ian, or it could be Ian. It's Ian. Because Ian Zeering from Beverly Hills 90210, me and a couple buddies ran into him in Colorado and said it's Ian. Really? His name is. Huh. So. I was thinking. Because we're like, rhythm, hey, it's, I it's Ian Ziering the... from Beverly Hills
1: 90210. He's says it's Ian. Oh. He was kind of a dick. Wow. See, I always think of Scott Ian. From Anthrax, which is a much cooler dude. I think a majority. Majority of people are not pretentious?
0: But that, well, no. I'm
1: kidding. Somebody out there's named that, and I just insulted him. I'm sorry.
0: The person with IAN writes in about cheaters. Nice. Hey, guys. Your hair looks great, Sean. Hey. Oh. Thanks, IAN. (laughs) Carry on, carry on. IAN. I really got a kick out of this episode. I am much more in Sean's camp where I don't really care about cheating. If someone feels they need to cheat, then go ahead. But I may adjust difficulty or give a monster resistance to Phil's attacks specifically. Mm -hmm. My longtime group has an in-and-out player who we all like, but he's a bit socially awkward. He always plays a dragon-related character or begrudgingly an elf. All this guy wants to do is roll dice, do damage, and kill stuff. Okay. Yeah.
1: Classic. Yeah. So. Uh, we've all been there. I mean, I'm pretty yeah. sure we've all been there. At least I know I've been there. After years of this, I found
0: myself just giving monsters extra hit points or half damage from his attacks. He would always hit. I never questioned this, his ridiculous numbers. This was in Thacko days in his response. I hit AC negative huge. <laughs>
1: classic 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 i'm going to take i'm going to steal that i hit ac huge I hit, I hit the biggest ac out there i
0: hit ac huge nice yeah i just did i just did damage and let him feel happy while diminishing its effects on the game overall everyone knew it was bs Hey-oh. but we had no reason to say anything because he was happy and we basically just gave each monster 100 hit points just for him to whittle down <laughs>
1: Oh, here, here you go. It's like, oh, he likes chopping trees. Here's a log and a sharp axe. We'll be back later. That's
0: what friends are for. Hey, not bad. We also have had an opposite instance where we had a player who was a terrible roller. This wooden woman couldn't hit. This woman couldn't get above a five to save her life. This woman
1: is apparently Sean's die rolling twin.
0: Yeah, probably it is. If it is a D twenty, I cannot roll D twenties. And we paid attention to it because she was like a luck sink, and it was awful. So, a bunch of us chipped in and bought her a set of dice where the one was replaced with a 20. Every low number was replaced by the high. It gave her slightly better odds. Only three people out of eight didn't know. The DM at the time, the woman who found out quickly just but just went with it, and one player who was a bit rigid. Eventually, everyone found out because the rigid player was looking at her dice and said, "Hey,
1: this thing has two
0: twenties." The point is that we pay the pay these games to ha- play these games to have fun. If someone needs to cheat to do it, then I have no issue fencing off a section of my of the lawn for them to enjoy.
1: I think the yeah. main the main thing that you're getting at, which is the same thing you hear from Laramie, and we talked about this too. Remembering our, remembering our conversation correctly is that is it hurting anybody else right are they cheating insofar as they're wrecking fun for other people no it's kind of the the cheat back let it slide we're here to have a good time so on and so forth when it's wrecking the game for others then shit gets real right Very correct cool. we got a oh, kojo oh my god he's back he is back
2: brett and sean it's kojo Hey, guys. I'm calling about uh, the Wayback Machine as I've been working through the back catalog when I wait for the new episodes to come out. I'm up to episode 89 and interpreting die rolls. So I want to go way back. Uh, I thought it was a great episode. And one thing that I, made me think about is how I GM things when different die rolls come up relative to the check that somebody's trying to do. And What I found, I think, since I've been playing, uh, Fantasy Flight, Star Wars, and Dungeon Crawl Classics in recent years, that my style is becoming more narrative. I find that I do describe combat often in terms of, you know, near misses or, you know, big hits and things like that. And I'm always trying to say, uh, something to add to that narrative, I not only for uh, the player that's rolling, but I think it helps the other players at the table to visualize and engage what's going on instead of just saying it's a hit, it's a miss. Uh, I like to say, well, you know, you grazed his arm, not causing any damage, but he definitely is worried about you now as a target. So things like that. So it doesn't have a mechanical benefit, but it does definitely have a narrative benefit. Uh, in Dungeon Crawl Classics specifically, I do it because I don't like to disclose to players what uh, difficulty number they're trying to roll against. And because DCC has the luck mechanic and players need to decide if they're going to spend points of luck to raise their roll, I try to let them know that they're close by giving a narrative that lets them know that they almost hit but they didn't quite. Do you want to spend luck on this roll? And then they can make a decision. And I can say at the last minute with the blow that seems like it was going to miss, luckily strikes the target after all. So I use it from that, but I also use it in other games that don't have it in the mechanic. So I've been implementing the same kind of thing with all of my games now. So great topic from the way back. Uh, Keep up the great work. We'll talk to you later. Bye.
1: That was cool, man. Thanks, Kojo. Yeah. Appreciate you digging through the old back catalog there. That's cool.
0: I thought he, you know, at first I thought, I thought Code Joe might have commented on that episode. I don't think he <laughs> Which did. Which would be, would be hilarious if somebody
1: did that. Like, oh, I don't comment, think I
0: listened to this one. Commentception. Like, ah, com- yeah. They comment twice on the same episode.
1: That'd be hilarious. Especially yeah. if they contradicted themselves. <laughs> like we All do. Right. Like it's like <laughs> going through our episodes. Yeah, it's totally like we do. <laughs> All right. Abram. Nothanglai? Uh, Nothanglai, maybe? Nothanglai. Okay. Abram, if I butchered your last name, which I'm positive I did, I apologize. Or no,
0: Fnagli. F-
1: Whatever. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop because we're just going to make it worse. I've got a, uh, I've got a horrible old Polish last name, so like, I, I know like the s- pain.
0: Like skoozer
1: Abram goes back, he goes back to episode 115, Gods and RPGs. Brett and Sean, a bit of a throwback, but I was just listening to episode 115, Gods and RPGs, and you know, had a listener mail come in about playing old characters in RPGs. As you were musing on the topic of why many players don't like to play older characters, it occurred to me that I myself almost never play them. The one of my longest running characters was an ancient human in D&D. Why is that? I realized that it's a problem with my suspension of disbelief. I'm normally a Dungeons and Dragons player, and in every game I've played, all the characters have been the same level, usually level one, and falling off before level 10. Because of this, an 18-year-old wizard is just as strong, intelligent, experienced, and powerful as an 88-year-old wizard. (laughs) To me, this, this changes my suspension of disbelief. What was my character doing all that time? Why aren't they any more skilled than some whippersnapper fresh out of the academy? And then why am I suddenly becoming so powerful as the game progresses? Why wasn't I gaining these skills earlier? I think it would be much easier for me to swallow if I started at a higher level. I could just write it off as the young party members being prodigies when my character had to work for their skills. But level one just doesn't work for me. In a similar vein, this is my problem with elves in D&D. A 400-year-old elf could be level one and be just as good as that some kid. <laughs> what were they doing for 400 years? It completely pulls me out of the game and lessens my immersion drastically. What are your thoughts on this? Am I the weird one? Keep the BS coming. Abram. Well, let's
0: just start off by saying... Abram. We're all weird. (laughs) We are all weird, or you are not weird.
1: No, I think your points are valid, and I think this is um it's interesting. I'd have to go back and re-listen to the episode, but it is um we've talked about this a little bit before, Sean, where there are certain things that are jarring to some people, immersion, you know, suspension of disbelief and so forth. There's certain things that are more jarring to you than it is to me, and then maybe that bothers Abram more. Um, sometimes it's, you know, Hey, if I'm an 88 year old wizard, what's my backstory? Why was I and whatever? Um, what, why is that? What's the backstory that makes that such a thing? I don't know, but I don't, I don't think you're weird, Abram. I think your perspective is valid. And if someone were to say, Hey, I want to do it. Your questions that you asked out loud here to us and to the listeners, those are the questions I would ask the game masters. Hey, Abram, you, Sean, Eileen, we're going to play this game. We're all going to be this. And you say, okay, hang on a second here. I need to understand these things because otherwise it's really hard for me to, to grok this. And those are good questions that I think you could get answered decently and perhaps maybe be able to swing you over to saying, okay, yeah, I'm down with that. I could totally do that thing. So I think those types of questions are, are valid. And if it's something that just doesn't do it for you, you know, it's a good reason to stay away from it. Sean, are you with me, or what are you thinking?
0: My take would be that your four hundred year old elf or eighty year old human in D anD D hasn't done anything for seventy nine years. Nothing. Me? Maybe it's he's he or she's you know I don't know tending to the stables. So you could be a tenth level stable person.
1: Well, it's getting into the. Discussion, you know, the the point I made, though, that where what's the story? Right. I was a cloistered person. I stayed here and studied and studied and studied and studied. I did scrolls. I did a thing. And now it's time to go and do something else.
0: One would argue that they should have leveled up while they were studying scrolls.
1: Potentially. Who knows? But there's there's reasons behind it. And I think for a person like Abram, if we took that and helped to Enhance the immersion, keep the disbelief on the proper level. It would be by providing game world mechanical answers that would add some level of logic to the situation. I think that would help.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it yeah. may also be one of those things where you just have to kind of go, you know, I don't, I don't like this. <laughs> it's, it's a weird thing, but so is the economy in D and D.
1: That's true. Yeah. Sometimes you're like, you know what? I'm just going to swallow this as a uh, conceit in the game and I'll just go with it. Yeah. Yeah. That potential's there too. Yeah. All right. Good stuff, Abram. Thanks, man. Yeah.
0: Thanks, I- Abram. But good point. Very good it, point. It never made sense to me either. No. It's different. Scott drops us a line on Dragonlance. I want to thank you for your podcast in Dragon on Dragonlance. I read many of the books in middle school well before I ever played D&D to feel the same way about the books as y'all do. Going back and reading it again, I realized how badly they were written, but the characters I'm in love with. I've always felt that what makes Forgotten Realms a better setting to play in is that things are so big, and for the most part, the books didn't change the face of the planet, at least not before the 4th edition Cataclysm trilogy, so you could create your own adventures and your players could still feel important. Playing in the Dragonlance setting, the novels were so world-shaping that players player characters could never feel so larger than life when creating your own adventures. I've been running an annotated DL1, which is the module number Dragonlance 1. Scenes include Swamp Log Fight, Wicker Dragon, Courtyard, Ruin slash Onyx Appearance, Meeting Poo, and Going Down the Pipe, Meeting with High Fudge Bulb. Confronting Onyx, Escaping in the Cauldron Elevator at conventions this year. Uh, PAX South, Gen Con, Reaper Con, and I have been filling tables with lots of nostalgic players. After each session, they, they leave with smiles across their faces as the memories of playing or reading the books as teens are fully flooded back to them. It's been so good, I've been slowly getting more permanent terrain to make each scene that much more special. I'm going to keep running it at cons until people stop signing up. Thanks. I really enjoy the podcast. Scott.
1: That's awesome, Scott. You take in, I think what you're doing there is awesome. If you're a person who loves running games at cons, pulling that type of thing, you can pull this nostalgia out and say, you know what? It may not be the best. It might be something, you know, maybe not the best world, blah, blah, blah. But I love this. This was so much fun. And every time the people sit down, they want They're either in it for, oh, I remember, and I want to have a good time with this, reawaken, oh, my God, this was so cool, or they want to experience it for the first time and say, wow, yeah, I could see, well, that was a good time. That was fun. And the fact that you're making permanent terrain and you're getting it even cooler and cooler, you're you're on that edge, Scott, of those kick-ass presentation adventures. That's just going to be awesome. So good work, man. That's very cool. Very, very cool.
0: Yeah, I'm waiting to see Pax Tharkas all out on the table, Scat.
1: That would be crazy cool. Pictures, please. Yeah. Nice. Very all cool. Great. Right.
0: Thanks, everybody, for writing in.
1: Absolutely. Good stuff.
0: So let's get to the main topic.
1: You ready, Sean? I think so. All right. So, Sean, I've been talking about this type of thing off and on periodically through the last four years. Apparently, we've been doing this for four years. Sean so Sean posted up. Holy five crap. Years, five Brett, years, five, five years, years. years, Five years. Five years. Five years. I thought it was four. I can't oh, do that. Oh, this guy. Forever, though. This is a long goddamn time.
0: Man, I'm telling you.
1: And <laughs> we thank, have received... Thank you
0: for keeping us go- keeping me going.
1: Wow, well, you're welcome.
0: I'm talking to the listeners.
1: Oh, damn it. Uh, I thought I had something. Anyway... Every once in a while we get, we have had some very touching and heartfelt comments to us. And we've had, we've made some amazing friends um, that some we've never met. We only know through interactions in forums, G plus, and so on. Some, we actually do get to meet at cons or other places. It's great. Um, And sometimes we get asked some hard questions like, Hey, what do you think about X? Or do you have, (laughs) do you have a stance on this thing? And sometimes it's very tempting to to say things like it's just a game for fuck's sake how how hard can this be it's just a game why does everybody take this so seriously and I leaned more towards that for a very long time until one of my friends gamer uh, with me now I think I've mentioned this before he has PTSD um, from his time in the desert and I, I will I have given him crap before because hey well you did get blown up into Bradley because that's what happened right it was not good um. And part of it for him, gaming with us, doing the different things that he is able to do and playing all these games and and doing this stuff is therapy for him. This is fun. He has an incredibly good time and it has helped him become more social, in interacting with people, getting out of the house, doing lots of different things. And it just it really it helps him mentally stay focused, get over issues and whatnot. And it gives them this great opportunity to play out things in a make-believe world and setting. And it can be very, very impactful. Um, Sean, have you had any gamers like that that you've known or met over the years or even game with? I haven't had anybody that I've known
0: at the table that have had that
1: or something similar. I don't, do you, have you gamed with anybody with, like, autism or, um, like, a social disorder or depression or anything? Yes.
0: I have gamed with somebody that I believe – I think I think they have Asperger's. Okay. I think so. I think that's pretty known, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was brought up during a game. But um, that would be – that would probably be the extent of what I have – I say no because somebody could – Mm -hmm. have something that I'm not aware of and still be at the table playing just fine.
1: Yep. And I think one of the the cool things about this hobby is how it brings lots of people in from all different areas. And generally speaking, gamers are some pretty welcoming folks. The ones I meet, the ones I hang out with, if you want to play with us, we're sure. That's fine. I'm at a, I'm at a table, right? That's fine. I'm at a con. I'm running. That's great. When, uh, last time Joe Swick was in town, we were gaming, um, Wayne Humphrey was there and uh, his oldest daughter wanted to play with us. Sure. I've never played with her before. That was great. Had a good time. Um, I'm not insinuating that anybody at the table has an issue of any kind. The saying is that we're like, oh, young girl, she wants to play with a bunch of us older guys. Sounds good. Sit down, play. We all had fun. Everybody had a, had a hoot. It was a great time. And it's, the, it's that welcoming vibe that a lot of people, sometimes I think we take it for granted in a way. And... Anyway, one of the things that kind of hit Sean and I recently was one of our listeners had uh, had written in uh, anonymously and uh, told us about a period of time in their life that it was really bad, a very, very dark time uh, for them. Um, They talked about self-harm. They talked about, you know, not feeling the best, right? And this isn't the first time that Sean and I have had people say, hey, you've really helped in some way. And sometimes it's it's the goofiest thing where someone says to you, hey, you know, listening to you two morons argue about something, laugh, read, read a review from somebody, talk to your listeners, have that back and forth. Is this wonderful, cool, little ray of sunshine <laughs> for lack of a better phrase, right? That can be helpful and it, it makes people feel good. They're connected with a the thing. They found something for whatever reason, and it helps them. And RPGs have this really crazy, bizarre power, in my opinion, that they can be very, very helpful. And because something can be very helpful, it can also be very hurtful if it's not handled correctly. You following me, Sean? Am I on track here? I am following you. Because, I mean, when you sent me the that email, we were both like, whoa, that's pretty, pretty heavy, man.
0: It was very, very heavy. No question.
1: And one of the other, you know, Sean and I have been on other podcasts, talked to lots of different folks, and there are certain things that are very, they're actually quite frankly very freaking serious. We talked about this when we had Paige Lightman on, on the show. Some of shit's very serious. You know, when people are, are being mean to each other at convention games or rude, abrasive, not inviting, they're not <coughs> being welcoming at all, using derogatory terms, all sorts of stuff. And we've said repeatedly, you know, do what you want at your own table right? There's no RPG cop who's going to bust in your house and say, Sean, I'm sorry, no more dick jokes at your game. You know, it it doesn't, you you do what you want to your game, right? And we've said that for five years now. That's totally fine. I think we get that. But now that the hobby, not that just now, but it's very popular. Lots of people are doing it. And as Page helped us understand even more in depth when it comes to cons and there's more and more and more people coming to the hobby that have questions about, huh, why is this a thing? Why is this a trope? Um, When you and I were on Appendix N with uh, Jeff and Hoy, um, one of the things that I know I talked about with them was some of the, you start to read some of the older stuff. There's some hardcore racist, arrogant, sexist, what we consider now horrible garbage from uh, opinions and attitudes in some of those old books. Did yours have any of that, Sean, the one you read with them?
0: Uh, there was one reference and I, during the podcast did not re- I don't, I didn't remember it. Okay. Um, but Hoy and, and Jeff brought it up and it was something to do with the, cause it took place um, after Korean war, I think okay. timeline wise. And so when they were talking about the world, they referred to, Um, Korea or Japan or China, one of those countries, it escapes my brain, but they, they used a derogatory term to to reference the, the country or the people from the country or something along those lines. Harsh. Um, and I don't, I think, I mean, obviously it was, I mean, it was bad, but I don't know if it was over. I don't, I mean, yes, it was harsh. I don't want to sugarcoat it, but it was, uh. I couldn't remember the the exact reference, but when they brought it up, I because I was like – they brought up the time and if there was something – because they do. They address this in every book that they read if yeah, there was any, anything. Anything yeah, they always talk about, which, I think, was, is, which I, yeah.
1: record, I think is – which I absolutely, for the record, think is a laudable thing. I think it's awesome yeah. to do that. Don't whitewash that shit. Talk about yeah. it.
0: Yeah. And they bring it up and it was talked about. And I said, because um, they were like, Sean, do you remember anything that might have been like racist or, be, you know, set in its time that would be acceptable then, but not acceptable now or something along those lines? And I go, no, I don't think so. And then they were like, well, and then they they brought up this this instance. And I went, now it made me look like I was a racist because <laughs> I'm like, I don't remember anything that wasn't racist that I wouldn't think of, you know, you know what I'm saying?
1: Um, well, sometimes what's interesting is like, <clears throat> so this leads me to actually Jeff wrote us and he was talking yes. about HB Lovecraft. So yeah. I'm going to grab onto this here and I'm going to read it out. So Jeff says, hey, longtime listener, first time writer. And Jeff has, <laughs> believe it or not, listened to us for quite some time. He's an awesome dude. And he says, I have a ton of respect for you both. I'm writing to get your opinion on something I'm hearing a lot of disagreement on in my social media circles. The issue is separating the art from the artist. A lot of controversial figures in the hobby. So I can guarantee that some people think I'm talking about person A and some will think I'm talking about person B, but honestly that just makes the conversation more vital and important for me. Says Jeff, I'm a huge believer in free speech and the right to offend. I also believe that people have the right to express themselves when they are offended. Free speech has consequences. If someone says something that offends you, then the way they choose to respond can say a lot about that person. A common response can be, you know, why don't we just leave politics out of this? In my experience, The people saying that the loudest are the ones that aren't a part of the groups being negatively impacted. On the End Book Club, they're reading H.P. Lovecraft. And he was a terrible racist, even for his time. But on our show, we discuss how uncomfortable and upsetting reading his racist descriptions of black characters can feel to a modern reader. If we discuss his work without discussing his racism, then we're giving his racism pass. I am not comfortable with that. So Jeff's question to us is, what would you do if you found out that someone who designed a gaming product you really liked has a history of doing, expressing, supporting, or providing a platform for something you find offensive? So I think the cool part about this comment, Jeff, is that Sean and I have talked about this before, especially, so I want to talk about H.P. Lovecraft first. And Sean's getting into Cthulhu, and I'm just, I've just finished reading, I cranked through the Delta Green books, dude, both of the two new ones. Took me like a day and a half to bust through them.
0: That's crazy. I only do it on the crapper. So
1: it took (laughs) me a little longer. Yeah. I I, I read outside of that room. So. Oh, that's weird. You can do that. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, it's, it's really cool to me, like, especially reading like the Delta green stuff, which I just went through, how they take pains to have non-white people, non-white males represented all over the place. Got African-Americans, you have Asian-Americans, you've got Filipinos, you've got this, 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 all sorts of different people, different nationalities and stuff are represented within this alternate history. And we've said this before, like Lovecraft was a racist. I mean, really, really bad. I remember there is a, the horror at Red Hook, that particular story, there is a, I believe it was his wife, maybe his ex-wife, I can't remember if they ended up divorced, but she talked about how while they were in New York City. Howard was on the street with her and he would start shaking and get visibly angry and annoyed at all of these mixed races of people. There were too many non-whites. He couldn't take it. It made him angry. He was a xenophobic racist prick. If you read rats in the walls, the cat in that book is named N word man. It is not nice. Right. <clears throat> and I think sometimes it's very easy, easy to say, well, that was then it was the time but what's I think cool about the way the gaming hobby has addressed Lovecraft is that you have like um, Harlem unbound, which I think is wonderful. <laughs> You've got Harlem in the Lovecraftian world, which is basically this wonderful middle finger to Howard. It just makes me giggle and it reminds me of a, of a story. I don't know the truth of it, but they were supposedly in Madison, Wisconsin, and the dorms down Lakeshore, Lakeside dorms. There was a dorm down there. I want to say it was Chadbourne or something. I can't remember. But the story I heard while I was in college was that the gentleman who, when he died, he left the school and said, I want you to build a dorm, but it has to be for boys because I don't believe girls should be in college. So the story was that UW Chancellor and stuff, said, oh, yes, sir, uh, sir, um, and such, he died and they turned it into an all girls dorm. I don't know if that was true. But I love the thumb in the eye to this stupid idiot. <clears throat> and I think one of the things that you should look at, and this is what I'm talking about. New gamers come in and they say, oh, Lovecraft. Oh, wow, this Cthulhu Mythos just sounds really good. And someone says, yeah, you should read these. And you start reading them. If you read Robert E. Howard, the Conan stuff, he is not very flattering to non-white people. Not very flattering to women in general. (laughs) And if you tell people, oh, yeah, this is based on this book. This is based on this person's stuff. If you don't talk about it and you don't explain it, that new gamer, the person who's trying to who's wondering what all this Lovecraftian horror is about goes, so all of this? Right? I mean, Sean, you see what I'm saying? Where if you ask somebody, hey, I really like this Cthulhu thing you're talking about, Sean, how would I get more info? Oh, go read these these five books. And if you if the person has no idea what they're getting into, that could be kind of shocking culturally if you're not ready for it.
0: Yeah, I haven't read a whole ton of uh Lovecraft. I'm not somebody that had to race to the library and go, Oh, Lovecraft, horror. You know, if I wanna if I need to get into horror, you gotta read Lovecraft. I'd never I wasn't a big fan of horror and mm-hmm. Poe, and I mean, Poe in moderation, but I was never deep into that side of things. And even with um, Howard, I wasn't Conan, you know, or King Solomon or Solomon Kane. Solomon I mean, Kane, Solomon Cain, yeah.
1: Yes.
0: None of that was really something that I wanted to go and read. And I, I know that folks had told me that Lovecraft Lovecraft was a racist, and I don't know, I guess maybe I didn't think of – and I like I'm putting a degree on level of racist, right? Um, but when Brett was telling me, he's like, "Oh yeah, if you read some of the books, it says this in there and that in there." And I'm like, "Oh really?" Um, which like, I, don't cr- why, like, I don't know why.
1: Yeah. I said it to you on the mic. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, well, I cringe. We, like, um, <laughs> it's
0: and it's just good. it's strange. It's like having that that one relative that's just like, "What do you? Why do you say like? What are you doing?" You know the. The old, the old relative that says inappropriate things at like the turkey Thanksgiving, yeah, like almost whenever they feel like it, like whenever they feel like it because that's just their thing and that's the way they were raised and they're just they don't even I don't even know if some of them know what they're actually saying.
1: Yeah, some of them are just they're just spewing stuff. Right. Yes. But anyways,
0: when so my point is that. (laughs) <laughs> I don't. I don't know why I would go. Oh, it's kind of acceptable to kind of go. Well, I'm going to play Call of Cthulhu, and it's based on Lovecraft, and I know he was a racist. But why am I so shocked when Brett tells me what's actually in a book?
1: Like, <laughs> did I
0: not? Did I not think? You know what I actually thought Brett was that he was a racist, but didn't portray that in the writings. Oh, although no. although, although I know that the timing of the writings. Which were in the twenties and mm-hmm. early, you know, nineteenth century, twentieth uh, century, that obviously there would be baggage that would come with writing something at that time.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the one of the cool parts that gaming has done, I, I believe, you know, when I look at what I think Chaosium has done, a fairly decent job, and things like Harlem Unbound and other um, uh, Arc Dream Publishing and so forth. And I'm sure somebody out there is. Screaming right now, saying no, they've done a terrible job. I I don't know, right? I, I'm middle class white guy. I I look at this stuff and I'm like, okay, they are looking at that saying Nick Cave. K- so I'm gonna I can't, I can't find the damn quote. Nick Cave. I don't know if anybody knows who Nick Cave is. Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, um, perform uh, singer songwriter performance artist kind of guy. Someone wrote him. I was asking about what was it from the Smiths? Who was the Morrissey? I think it was Morrissey. Morrissey. Yeah. Morrissey apparently has turned into a complete dick. I don't know what he's done recently, but he said some horrible things. And somebody wrote to him, to Nick Cave, that is, and said, basically, Nick, this is, it's traumatic to me because all this music, all this art that this person created, before I ever knew this about them, had so much meaning to me and helped me Mm -hmm. out, you know, because how touching music is and so forth. And like, wow, this, uh, you know, what, do I have to hate all this stuff now? And Nick's answer was, I have to paraphrase here because I don't have it. I'm going to try to find it, throw it in the show notes. But Nick said basically, once you create a thing and it's out there, that's no longer that person's, it's the art. The art is out there. It's the thing. What he also talked about, if I'm remembering correctly, and where I would add into that is that's fine. The art is out there. However, once you learn a thing about a person – you kind of stop supporting them if that's something you don't agree with, right? You feel like, huh, I really like this thing that Brett did, but it turns out I found out he's a he's a hunter. I really hate hunting, so I'm going to have to not support him anymore. Okay, that's, you know, that's a thing you don't like, and you feel that by supporting me means that you'd be supporting his thing that you're morally op- obligated to hate. Um, that's fine, right? You don't have to do that. And I, I think it's when Jeff asks us, you know, like, Separating the art from the artist, it is tough. I think it is easier in the case of a guy like H.P. Lovecraft because he's fucking dead, right? He's dead and gone. It has been gone for a very, very long time. I am certain that there are people out there playing 20s Call of Cthulhu in their home group and they're dropping racial slurs, horrible words, right? And that's how they game. I, I can't stop them. Right, Just like there's people out there who vote a way I don't agree with. (laughs) I can't stop them. However, I think I can look at the mythos and the things that have been done with it and the way the art has been turned into something that is no longer that person's originally. What Lovecraft created, how he did it, the thing he made, the mythos, the Cthulhu, all those cycles, how he teamed up with Robert E. Howard and Clark Ashton Smith, and they made this thing. I think the art has become beyond them, and that's due to time. Does that make sense, Sean? Does that help?
0: Well, I think it has to do with time and the times we live in more than anything. Yeah, I mean, you I mean, look there's back a lot at of, it. There's a lot of people that could be that way and die, and nobody would know. Everybody in the immediate circles would probably know about that person's particular background experience, mm-hmm. yep. you know, racial, um, you know, bigotry, whatever. When, but what if they create something and you only know it from buying the book and there's no social media there, the newspaper doesn't publish that. It's not yeah, on the yeah. front page yep. every day. Then it's very easy to, to just kind of accept it as, Oh, it's a great book and it's awesome. And, and that's it. And it's written by this Joe Schmo. Great. Like, I mean, the perfect example is Orson Scott Card.
1: Yeah, he's of, another example. Of, yeah. a, of Ender's
0: Game. So there were a ton of people that I knew that are Brett and I's age and maybe a little younger that read Ender's Game. I never read the book. Me either. But they loved the book. And then they found out that he was opposed to same-sex marriage and you know had certain uh, particular views on homosexuality and, and politics and things of that nature. And so when they made the movie, all this like basically got plastered everywhere and there was a boycott and, and all that about going to see that movie. And then of course everybody else that appreciated or had, thought they had appreciated the, the book when they the read art, it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the art, now the artist comes to light that they don't share the same views as the artist. Now they're kind of at a crossroads. Well, do I see the movie or don't I? Mm-hmm. It's tricky, man. And I don't know. I don't know what the, and I don't know if there is an answer. Like there's, I mean, um, there are people that will listen to this and say, oh, absolutely. You don't, you don't do that. You don't support it. He's still alive. He's going to gain revenue from you frequenting that movie.
1: Yeah. Where you say, hey, Lovecraft's dead. His work, he basically died in obscurity. If it weren't for, um, what's his name on a sock? Wisconsin kind of revived it. I can't remember his fucking name. Damn it. This I'm losing my mind. But anyway, a group of people revive his works. They didn't revive it saying, Oh, thank God we have to get this racist back in life. They're like, no, look at the themes and the stuff in it. And it's like, that is an unfortunate component. But look at the rest of it is amazing. It's this piece we could have done without, but he's dead. Right. So if you, if you, if you do something, it's not like this nasty old new England racist is getting, you know, $5 for every book sold. Right.
0: I also have seen where people have addressed just that, where they will say, "No, as long as he's alive, I'm not going to buy anything that that person creates, or as a derivative where they're going to benefit mm-hmm. from, from some work that they've created, but after they're dead, it's fair game." Which I don't. I mean, I guess I understand it to some degree, but I, I don't somehow it seems very uh, loophole.
1: Yeah. Me. It's like, I want to do this thing, but I'm going to make a public statement that I'm not. Well, yeah. Like you, you're, fi- I, you're finding a way. You're finding he, a way to have a computer yeah. on your Amish farm. Yeah. Right? Here.
0: Yes. it's Yeah. <laughs> it's here. I'm on my soapbox knowing that <laughs> when the person dies that um, I can step down from my soapbox and get what I probably wanted originally anyway. Yeah. Which is, and I'm not not saying anything is good or bad. I'm not passing no, it, judgment. It's I don't tough. know. And th-
1: this is why I wanted to bring this up because I mean, it's kind of why so serious, right? Why are why are these things so serious? How come this, that, and the other thing? And we, how come we can't ignore? How come we can't whatever? I honestly think that you take a look at certain things. There has there have been people within the gaming industry or hobby space that I've learned about and went, oh, this stuff is really cool. And then I find out more about the person and I realize, wow, that person seems to be kind of a douchebag. This person seems mean. I met this person. They were mean obnoxious. I'm not a fan of that person anymore. And it sours me on their art. I have a hard time promoting the art of somebody that I find, I find offensive on, you know, enough that it bothers me, right? I go, this thing this person is about, I feel so strongly about, right? If someone said, hey, I don't believe in same-sex marriage, all gay people are going to hell. That would bother me. If someone had that as a as a plank to their life and a thing that they're going to do and that they're just going to hammer on, I'd be like, whoa, wait, whoa, hang on a second here, right? Well, That's not... So so somebody may say,
0: well, somebody may voice, okay, Brett, mm -hmm. but what if that's their, what if, so I'm being devil's advocate. No, go ahead, go ahead. But what if they said, well, that's their opinion and they can do that. It's like their, that's their opinion, man.
1: Yeah. And that's where, like Jeff said, it's free speech. Yeah. You can do that. The, the fallout is that I am not supporting that. If someone says, Hey Brett, why aren't you supporting it? I don't agree with this thing. And then if you want to continue to argue with me about it. You're picking a fight because you've asked me, why aren't you supporting this person? I could say, well, one of my daughters is bisexual. You're telling me right now, and I know this about this person, that they think anybody who is is going to hell and they're damned and they're sin and a blot on this nation. I have a hard time supporting anything that this person produces. Yeah, but that's their opinion. The art is still good. You you can do that. I personally, from where I stand morally and ethically, I cannot.
0: Well, I don't think that's, and I agree, for the for the record, I agree. But mm-hmm. also, one could say, well, they don't, they don't, they don't donate that money to a hater, a hatred cause.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can, I so can what, say, hey, that's my well, that's my well being. So what what strikes me is interesting in this.
0: So I, I don't have a right to. Well, hold on, Brett, I don't have a right to live. Like I don't have a right to earn a living.
1: <laughs> so here's the here's the fun thing is that. There's level, there's degrees of fight you can put on anything. My stance is, if you say how come you don't, I explain it to you. If you're going to try to convince me that I am wrong, or that I should still support this thing, I'd be like, I, I don't need to.
0: I agree. I,
1: I, I, I'm not, I'm not telling anybody to go out and shoot them in the head. No, I'm not saying they should never be able to work in anywhere ever again. Well, some people would. Some, some people do. Some people, some people take people are very, like, very strong moral yeah, stances. I, and yes. they're like, you should never do anything they do. They should never be allowed to work again. They right. shouldn't be allowed to show their face in public without being mocked soundly. Uh, some people on all sides are very, very extreme. Yes. And I think what this all comes down to when we talk about how serious this is, let off with the first stories about my buddy and this person who wrote into to us. And Sean, and I've had these other very touching things that people have said to us over time is you don't know who you're going to bump into. If you're doing something at a con, right? If you're at your home group, we've said this before, I'll say it again until I'm dead. You do whatever the fuck you want. No one's there. It's you and your friends doing whatever it is you do. You're all consenting adults, do your thing, right? Now, if you're in a public place, like a gaming convention, and you start espousing well, the only way to properly play Lovecraft is to bam, 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 bam. Guess what? You're an ass, right? Well, I'm going to write this adventure, and I won't let anyone play a woman because I don't believe women should ever be adventurers because they have boobs, and that's just wrong. Whoa, whoa, dude, really? You just said that? I'm sorry, yeah, but you can't do that because um, this, this ethnic group can't do that or this gender group can't do that. You are in a public place running a public game. You, no, just fucking no, have some decency, right? You can't do that. You can keep all the politics out of your games you want other places, but when you're in a public area, you, you don't get that choice at a con, right? You don't get to go through and say, okay, is everyone here a Democrat? Okay, good, good. Oh, no Republicans. I'm sorry. Because we're only going to talk- oh, were you Democrats? Did you vote for Hillary or did you vote for, uh, oh, I'm sorry, only Hillary people at this table? We don't do that. Right. Think of how stupid that is. Blue just, eyes, you, you brown eyes, Brett. Let's yeah, you, take
0: it, Let's take it back.
1: Blue <laughs> yeah, eyes, brown eyes. Yeah. You can't do that, right? You, you you cannot do that. Well, I'm blue eyes, man. I'm good. No, I'm gray eyes. I'm fucked. Well, yeah. unless I could say they're bluish. But. No, we won't accept you. So I think, Jeff, to answer your question directly, what do I do if I find out someone's designing a product, his history of doing, expressing, supporting, providing a platform I find offensive? I personally. Stop supporting that person. I stop supporting them. That's Brett's personal I just I, I tend to because I look at it and go huh <sighs> was I supporting them? If the answer is yes and I look at it and go, ah, oh, Christ, I have learned things and these things I've learned are bothering me personally, morally, ethically. I can't do this anymore because I can't live with myself if I do this So Done. what if I
0: well, so what if I support him
1: Brett? If you support them I'll be like, huh <laughs> interesting right so what I, do you I may say do you, why why you support them cuz man it's good it's good
0: product man it's good product okay it's great product man i love the product it's but you good, don't care about how book.
1: this this person's perspective you don't care yeah. about this thing you it know, doesn't
0: i'm just all about the book man it's my book it's i want to buy that book i want to run that game huh okay yeah well now see there's a lot of people that would be like i am i'm part of the problem yes by doing that, I am pro- a part of the problem. I am exacerbating
1: the issue. I'm allowing is where, that person. Yep. This is the free speech thing, right? Yeah. Is that I you're telling me this is your thing. I am reacting to you. You are reacting yeah. to me yeah. back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. Um, but it can Brett, get- Brett, you shouldn't even be on this podcast with me. <coughs> yeah, I know. That's Brett. I would I would bounce.
0: <laughs> like I would boot scoot. Like, hey, I would kick that kick that guy to the curb.
1: Yeah. No, it, no, you're dead right. Yeah, things, he's got to go. He's got to go. Got to get rid of him. Can't do go. this. Can't do that. He's
0: got to go. You can't have him on the show anymore. Mm-hmm. You can't do that, Brett. Yeah, it's... And guess what, Brett?
1: <laughs> guess what, Brett? What's that,
0: Sean? If you allow him to stay on the show, that's a problem. That's yeah. a problem. I'm, I'm leaving. Then I'm not going to be a BSer anymore. Yeah. Because you're not kicking Sean off the show. And he's supporting somebody that, that, it, like. that he shouldn't be supporting because of the cause that person supports.
1: It's messy, man.
0: And Brett, you're now you're the problem. I know. So she- you're a little hey. I'm just gonna. I'm not gonna buy their stuff. Isn't it's not good enough because Sean did, and your buddies with Sean. It,
1: yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? Well,
0: that's the blah.
1: It, better, it happens.
0: You better step up, Brett.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Yeah. See, (laughs) so 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 the problem, people, is if I kick Sean off the show, I don't know how to put the show on the air. So it's not (laughs) gonna work. Sean's got me. He's got me tied down. Hey, if the
0: if the show's got to go,
1: poof, it goes poof.
0: It goes poof because they had you know an asshole person on there that supported uh, racist, homophobe, whatever, whatever. You know, name insert (laughs) insert very bad. Yeah, very bad problem here.
1: I think the main the main thing though is that you know what. It is very serious. It's very serious to a number of people. And one of the points that Jeff makes is that if you are or connected to a group that is being harmed by something, right, you're going to have a different reaction than I will. You can get personal. can get very personal. Yeah, and I think absolutely. For those of us outside of that are like, um, middle-aged white guy, very little is at me. Yeah, we, we, we are. I mean. So yeah, little it's is hard that. for
0: us to go. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't understand the problem. You know, which I mean? is
1: where, which is where I think one of the reasons I th- I think you and I get along really well is because we look at that stuff. We understand this is where we are. We're two middle aged white guys. We, huh? Wow, that's fucked up. Um, it doesn't affect us, no, because where I sit, I don't have that problem. Right. I, I am not going don't, to. I'm not going to deny yeah. the fact that you are having this problem. You know, having like when right. we had Paige on when Paige talked about all the different pieces I'm like holy fuck you know when you you see these reports of people at cons women getting grabbed in the ass men getting groped in the crotch these horrible stupid ass things happening at cons you're like wow I don't disbelieve that it's happening right I am very fortunate we that have it doesn't not, happen to us yes we
0: personally have not had that inflicted upon us no yeah or at least I can say not me
1: Yeah, any threat? No, no, I haven't. Right, I would kick kick people out of my con, but that's different. Yeah, but anyway, it's gaming can be very, very serious because you're talking about people getting together and doing things. You're buying products. You're talking about, um, and it's a hobby. Yeah, right. I'm doing this thing, and I work for this company. Right. It's, 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 you know, I'm doing this thing and I stay at home and I do nothing else but just design games. I'm doing this thing and I'm an outspoken libertarian, Republican, Democrat, third party, grassroots, whatever. (sighs) A lot of stuff gets tied in and people know all this stuff and people make different decisions and so on. And it's not a matter of, well, you do your thing, I do my thing. It can get very, very personal. Right. And people can get very offended. And very upset. And I think it's worth looking at something. And again, I'll go back to HP Lovecraft and say, have you answered why that old new England racist doesn't bother you? Right. If you're like, you know what? I don't even think about it because it doesn't enter my games. And this is blah, blah, blah. Somebody may say, that's not good enough. Sir. And or madam, you should have a different, whatever. Again, you know, at the end of the day, you walk away from the social media platform. You have to be able to look in the mirror and say, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing what I think is right? If you can look in the mirror and say, yeah, I'm doing what I feel is right, and I'm reacting in, the, in what I feel is the proper way, I, I I think that's all right. I don't know what else to say about that. Well, I could open a
0: whole other box. <laughs> of course you could. I could. I could literally ask, do you think politics is in gaming?
1: Do I think politics is in gaming?
0: Yeah. Do you what? do you think gaming is political? That, that it involves politics? It can. Now, I know people that would say it does. Like, not it can, it does.
1: What's interesting when anything about politics comes in is I know people who actively avoid politics at all aspects of their lives. Well, so
0: in the argument mm-hmm. where RPGs have politics isn't the politics that I would say are argued on a, you know, Thursday night in the primary presidential debate. Yeah. Right. In the presidential debate. What they are saying is that if you allow violence in your game or you do not allow violence in your game, that is a political choice. Hmm. That is. So that's, that's the, the, that would be some of the folks that would say that there are politics in role playing games. Now there are people that say, no, 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 no. I keep that. I keep politics out of our games. Like I don't talk about what, you know, what, what they, how they would define politics. I don't, I don't do that. That's why it's nice that I can just go to a table and play.
1: Yeah, it's interesting when you when you take a term and say that is political or what is politics, right? That right. discussion, I mean that's a whole different show for a different time and I don't really care to get into right now, but
0: what? <laughs> we got plenty of time.
1: Sure we do. We gotta
0: but, go at some But point what I, I wanted to bring that I wanted to touch that a little bit because mm-hmm. there are folks that are very like, hey man, all I want to do is game. And I yep. I would I would be one of those, right? I'd be like, "Hey man, all I want to do is game. Like I just want to sit down and have a good time, roll up a character." But there are others that that say, "Well, you can't not address politics in gaming because everything that is involved in a game, maybe some may even say just even a social uh environment mm-hmm. is political." Yeah. Now I don't know if I necessarily agree on how that's defined, but the 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 violence, the nonviolence, mm-hmm. the 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 killing of
1: different stereotypes, different approaches. Yeah, whatever. yeah, all right. sorts of stuff. Right.
0: right. Yeah. That's where that kind of comes into play. And so it's just an interesting I've seen online come to fruition and some folks that have taken part in those discussions, um, is
1: interesting. Yeah, I guess the the thing I'm I wanted to throw out there. I mean, all, all things considered, the first story we talked about this this note from Jeff and us debating this is that gaming is serious, right? And there's level. It's how serious do you want to make it? You know, you can say, "Look, I don't care about any of that. It is me and my five best friends. We get together every week." And we play Dungeon Crawl Classics. We get together every week and we play Star Frontiers every week, and we play Dungeon World every week, and we play Amber, and we just play. We're friends, and this is what we do. We're having a good time. I, wh- why, why does anybody care what I'm doing? Generally speaking, I don't believe anybody actually cares what you are personally, privately doing. I don't. I don't know. Maybe you know, somebody somewhere cares. I'm sure at your game table, maybe. But at the end of the day, there's no RPG cops, man.
0: Well, that's the problem, Brett. There's no we RPG need, cops. We, <laughs> we need, need some RPG, RPG cop. cops. So if you are interested in becoming an RPG, an RPG cop, cop. Um, we're going to start here. and We're going to get maybe a, a committee together. Yeah, we we'll put can, some rules into place.
1: Yeah, address them to the nearest brick wall.
0: And, uh, you know, we'll do some screening, uh, yeah. maybe an application <laughs> process. Might have a little experience behind that. And we'll see if we can get some RPG cops out into the world because, you know, there's some shit that needs to be policed. <laughs> that's all I have to say. Nice.
1: Anyway, I don't... So, th- I so think- what, what are
0: we going to title this episode? Why So Serious? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know if
1: that's the right title, but... <laughs> call it whatever you want.
0: Why So Serious?
1: It just reminds me of uh, the Joker. <laughs> Yeah. Why so serious? Joker coming out in October. Oh, yeah, that's right. That movie does not interest me at all. Like, I don't need it. There's been like 82 origin stories for that guy. It's like other superhero origin stories. Supervillain ones, kind of bored with it. Anyway, this is one of those pieces I think it's very serious to some people. Certain aspects of this are like hardcore, crazy levels to some people. And other people are like, how do you not feel this way? And someone's going to say, well, I'm hardcore over here. And someone goes, no, that's crazy. This is crazy. So on and so forth. I think there's a level of respect that people need to have for each other. And I think that the people that the BSers that we've met, we've interacted with, I have yet to meet any of those men and women that we've not been able to have decent conversations with, talk about different things, um, have good, have good one-on-ones, good back and forth, great games, People have a lot of fun at cons, talking about the cool games they're running, asking about how they can make sure that when they're running a game at a convention, how do I make it very welcoming so anybody can show up and they can play and have a good time? You know, that's... I think we stick to those things and you're going to be fine. You can make something as politically heavy as you want or you can try to dodge it or you can make it as light as you'd like. Um, But remember, this is... The age we live in with social media, and we can talk about this stuff. I sound like a you know 100-year-old man here. It's social media time, damn kids. But it's free speech, and people can argue with you. Someone will be offended by you. You can be offended by their offense. You can have this bizarre spiral down. But uh, it can be very, very serious. And sometimes not just that. Again, I'll go back to the other stories I led with. A buddy, this helps him from a therapeutic perspective, engaging with the world, engaging with people. It's helping him with his PTSD. It helps him get involved with stuff. Another person contacted us. We've had similar things where they say, hey, I was going through a dark time and this gaming thing and the fact that you two knuckleheads were talking about something cool made me laugh. I had a really good time. I connected. That wasn't the reason, but every little bit helps. And I think I'd like to kind of wrap Sean by saying those two things are the reasons why... We should be careful when we're dealing, when we're meeting new people, and we're working uh, at cons, and we're doing something like this. And sometimes Sean and I get some shit like, "Oh, you guys aren't hard enough on a certain thing." I don't want to hurt. I don't know who's listening sometimes, and sometimes that person is listening to us and saying, "Hey, you know what? That thing, that topic that you, those two knuckleheads, man, that's the highlight of my week. My my job sucks." My husband's mad at me. My kids are being dicks this week. However, come Wednesday, a gaming BS episode dropped and that made the rest of the work week go up better. We've heard that from people, which is, I still think is phenomenal. I think our goal is to have, our goal here is to have fun, make sure people are entertained, hand out some gaming wisdom. And the reason we we try to take that type of thing seriously is because we can help people sometimes. You never know who you might help. And it doesn't hurt you to be nice and welcoming and friendly to people. I think that's that's important. Fair, Sean?
0: Unless your name is Jeff and he pisses you off at the gaming table, you can throw a D20
1: straight at his forehead. Well, that's a different problem, but yeah. Yeah, of course. Anyway, I think we got enough. We good, Sean? Yeah. All right. Let's, let's get to die roll. Die roll this
0: up. All right. Die roll. So we'll put it in the Eros, the Eoros, Eoros mm-hmm. uh, player character sheet in the die roll. Um, first one, starting off, Harper's Tale, an adventure path for D D five E, which is on Indiegogo and ends uh, around in and around October fifth, twenty nineteen. I will read this out loud from mm-hmm. the Indiegogo. Harper's Tale is an epic story of sacrifice. Perseverance and redemption. The heroes will investigate, battle, and learn the true origins of the threat to their home. The adventure is based on an outline my daughter, Harper, and I wrote after coming home from the hospital after her first round of chemotherapy treatment for leukemia. All net proceeds from the crowdfunding campaign will be donated to benefit friends of kids with cancer to help others like Harper who are battling cancer. So if you are not overly interested in the actual tale but want to throw them a few chuckles um, at a good cause, please check it out. Uh, That's all I have to say about that. The next one, Consent in Gaming by Monty Cook Games. You can get that free on their website. It's written by Sean K. Reynolds and Shauna Germain. Just take a look at it. And in addition to that, if you want to know more about it before even downloading it, you can read the review of that free product by Jared Rasher. And he posts his review on Gnome Stew. So thanks for doing that, Jared. And if that's not your thing, that's fine. And if you don't know what it is, we got a link in the show notes. so You can click on it and check it out. Otherwise, that wraps up episode 261. Mm Mm-hmm. Gaming in BS, except for the fact that we don't know what we're talking about next week, Brett. Dude. Yeah, I do. It's a suboptimal play right there. Suboptimal play.
1: Yeah. Is that like would you like some would you like a little background I that? would
0: like to know what that means.
1: So if somebody is interested in doing a little bit more digging, you go to Matt Colville and is running the game episode fifty six. Episode 56, running the game video on YouTube. Mm. Matt Colville. Check that out, and that's what we're going to talk about.
0: Suboptimal. Does that mean when you are not an optimized player this is, character? This is
1: why I gave Sean homework just now. Oh, God. <laughs> Whatever. Why can't you just tell me, Brett? Because it's no fun if I tell you. Fine.
0: Thanks for tuning in, yo. We appreciate it. If you're, uh, you you want to interact with us and uh, the rest of the BS crew, Head over to forums.gamingnbs.com. There's great discussion over there. And We've got plenty of compliments on the platform and what uh, people are posting on there. We could certainly use additional interaction for sure. But otherwise, I think that's it, man. Anything cool. else?
1: Any closing comments from you, Brett? No, man. I think we're good. I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, game GameHole. We've got some... From the different Biesters I've been talking about showing up, games are being run, people that we just know who are going to be there. Game, Game Ocon is like some of the only time of the year we see certain people like, you know, Jason's coming from Minnesota. Fucking hey, haven't seen him since then. Hey, haven't seen this person. So on, and so forth. There's lots of folks we don't see except at conventions. And this is our local and our favorite. So it's always great when people are there. So looking forward to seeing people. And it's in a month away, but I'm still getting hyped up.
0: Two more is going to be one dimensional dimensional
1: you can't you can't pull it off
0: nope damn uh, the guy dude. that was going my buddy josh who was going to print up the dungeons run into too many snags he says damn he doesn't think he's going to be able to get it done in time so sean being adaptive and flexible we'll have the dungeon printed out on uh probably have to write it out on gaming paper yeah gaming paper so
1: your uh event doesn't say 3d does it
0: i don't think it does I think it was just Tomb of Horrors. And if, and if it does, I'll email everybody and let them know. And if they want to bail, that's cool. Okay. It's still so, going to be
1: fun, dude. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. It'll be a blast. Of course it will.
1: And it's the sh- dude will be running it. It's a Sean game. Shawn's Actually, a good
0: yeah. The dude won't be running it. The dude the, the dude will be running, I think, the LARP when he's the dude. <laughs> <laughs> that may even be more awesome. That
1: might be more awesome.
0: All right. Well, we better get everybody going here. Thanks for listening. I'm
1: Sean. I'm Brett. Good night and good game and all. This episode of Gaming and
0: B.S. brought to you with the help from the following B.S.ers. Graham Miner Corey Wynn, Hawk Sparrow, Larry Hout, Mark Tosaka, Pure Mongrel, Chris Steele, Ron Bishop, Thomas Hook, Wayne Humphrey, Craig, Laramie Wall, Dan LaValley, Jason Hobbs, Sky, Roger Bracelet, John Hammersley, Old School DM, Perry Besore, Michael Dinos, Jim Fitzpatrick, Christopher Gray, Bruce Cunnington, John Kward, Corey Gonzalez, Eileen Barnes, Robert Nemeth, Niall Diamond, Harrigan, Howard Bishop, Stefan Dragonspawn, Mark Anthony Benedetti, Eric Salzwiedel, Trevor Davis, The Closet Gamer, Jeff Goad, Aaron Coleman, Ray Otis, C.W. Mellencamp, Craig Huber, Rich Wishon, Old Scoozer Roleplaying, Jared Rasher, Andy Hall, David Balog, Chad Gleiman, Finulf, Mirko Froilich, Lord Tentacle, Joe Swick, Curtis Takahashi, Josh Wallace, Kevin Lovecraft, Andy Olson, Tony Sugarloaf-Baker, Jeff Seifert, and Aaron Ralia. For ways to support the show, head over to GamingNBS.com forward slash support dash us. Thanks, BSers. This This has been a Litterbox Litterbox Studio
2: Production. production.